Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 47. Joining Shai and I today is John J.D. Dwyer of the Institute of WOW. John is a 30-year veteran in developing unique marketing strategies for all types of industries the world over. If you're wanting your business to stand out from the crowd and rise above the marketing noise, this is the episode for you. One of the questions we're asked is whether business owner coaching is available from Shai and I. Well, the answer is yes. We have our individual coaching practices and welcome interested listeners to contact us via the businessownersradio.com slash contact link on our website and put free session in the comment box. For our listeners, we'll provide a free one-hour coaching session to begin to focus on your business challenges and align a roadmap to your future growth. Good morning, Chai. Good morning, Craig. Hey, I got to ask you, what are your clients doing in their marketing to set themselves apart? Well, a lot of them are different phases of their businesses, and some of them have a clear understanding of who their client base is and the channel that they want to go after is. Many of them are still looking for just catching up, trying to do what everybody else is doing in their industry. I call that Me Too marketing. But really, the challenge is, is trying to figure out how do they get above that noise? Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest example I always think about this is Pete's versus Starbucks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, they both started around the same time. And Starbucks was able to take sort of that experience of a local trendy coffee shop and figure out what that formula was and then break it down and scale it. And they recreated that marketplace. And then Pete's essentially, I mean, talk about Me Too marketing. If you go into a Pete's, it is like a carbon copy of a Starbucks. And it's really funny. I mean, I think the coffee is good at both of those stores. I know there's some people that hate on Starbucks just because they're large. But for someone like me who loves coffee, I actually enjoy the coffee at both places. But I I think it's remarkable if you look at everything from their colors to the way it's laid out to the types of drinks, and right down to the packaged foods and the tumblers that they sell. I mean, it is just an absolute copycat. And they're really only benefiting by location. They just happen to be closer to their client base that they're working versus the Starbucks. You get them across the street from each other, it's what do you do? <laughs> yeah, it totally reminds me of this <laughs> this one bit by the comedian Lewis Black. I think he described like the end of the world as he's standing on the street corner and there's a Starbucks and then he turns and looks behind him and there's another Starbucks, he says. <laughs> it really cracks me up. Sure. But I mean, the point is well taken. You know, without clear differentiation in the marketplace, you're simply a, a carbon copy of the same thing. And it, it's not sustainable. You'll never win at that game. You become the noise, that marketing noise that's out there, all going after similar client base. And whether you're a manufacturer or a software developer, service-oriented organization, How are you going to meet up, if you will, with the competition? And more importantly, how are you going to stand out? How are you going to have a voice? How are you going to really be developing a client attraction system? 
And that's where our guest comes in today. Our guest today is John J.D. Dwyer of the Institute of WOW. J.D. has brought innovative thinking to a higher level in marketing, rising above what he calls the sea of sameness in our industry, to stand out like a beacon. It's his creative WOW system that leads his clients to achieve over $15 billion in added sales over the years. Now, my friends, see if you can tell that J.D. is from the land down under. Welcome, J.D., to Business Owners Radio. Great to have you with us today. Thank you very much, Craig and Shai. I'm pleased to be here. J.D., you've been reading a lot about what you've done over there in Australia and really looking at some of the achievements you've had and real focus you have in the client attraction area. I was wondering if you could give me a few pivot points that you went through in your career of what led you to where you are today. Well, yeah, thank you, Craig. Um, I, in my early 20s, decided that I would get into the advertising and marketing world. And uh, I was not a bad artist when I was a young fellow. And I realized that computers were coming along uh, all those thousands of years ago and decided that artwork might not be something that I could make a living out of. So I thought, well, how do I actually use my creativity and go into a career path that hopefully would be one that, you know, had some financial fortunes attached to it. And so therefore, I did marketing at university and uh, came out with a marketing degree and then was fortunate enough to get a job with a major retailer here in Australia, probably very similar to your Macy's in America, and was lucky enough to become the marketing manager of that company on an Australia-wide basis. And after a number of years there in my mid to later 20s, I left and set up my own advertising agency. And then that's where I've gone since then. I've never worked for anyone but myself since my late 20s. And then it led to coming up with the WOW initiative or your marketing focus as far as the WOW factor. How did that evolve? Well, yeah, look, my business these days is the Institute of wow.com as he shamelessly puts in a plug for his website. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> like a true marketer. But, but yeah, Craig, look, it's a business where we specialize in direct response marketing for business owners. And I hold a lot of seminars around Australia. In fact, I just went to China last week, actually, to speak at a hair salon uh, convention. And it was just interesting to get the feedback from the audience because what I do is that I say to people a traditional Traditional advertising agency will convince clients that they need to get people to fall in love with their brand uh, so that they will taste their product or their service. My mantra is exactly the opposite. I flip that and I show businesses how to get people to taste your product so that they'll fall in love with your brand. And for most people, that makes more sense because they're putting food on the table at the same time as they're building their brand. Whereas a lot of advertising agencies will tell a business, oh, you've got to come up with the fancy jingle and you've got to come up with the tagline. You've got to do all this brand building. And eventually in five years time, they'll discover your product and start to taste it. Well, in this world that we're in, which is pretty fast moving, I think there's a lot of business owners out there that would like to have a measurable marketing plan where they're putting food on the table tonight and building their brand. How does one do that? Shai, I have a five-step system, and a lot of it's pretty much built around the direct response model. And if you like, I'll just quickly go through it. Number one, I always tell clients that they need to identify their most profitable customer and then just look for more people who look like him. It's pretty simple. And number two, they need to create a wow factor to take the eyes off the price. There's too many businesses out there. The first thing they do when they're wanting to market their product or services, particularly when they're on a downslide, is that they drop their price. And I actually think that's a cardinal sin. And I say to business owners, look, let me show you how we can create a wow factor and take their eyes off the price. And the best example of that 
is McDonald's with a Happy Meal toy. I have six children and they're 18 plus these days, but at one stage, my wife and myself had six under 12. And McDonald's with the Happy Meals got $6 billion out of us throughout those those years because we built a, we bought a lot of Happy Meals and it had nothing at all to do with the hamburger. It had everything to do with the free toy. And so I show businesses how they can actually adopt that wow factor principle to take people's eyes off the price, just like Kellogg's have done for many years with their breakfast cereals with a toy in the box. And I know in the attraction marketing that you've branded, really focusing on that problem solution. Can you tell more about that? Yeah, thanks, Greg. Well, in fact, that's a perfect segue because uh, the third component of this five-step system is exactly that, just highlighting to your prospects what their problem is and then providing them with a solution. And the best example of that would be the weight loss company. So Jenny Craig, for example, is a well-known weight loss guru. And uh, what she will say is that, look, you know, are you overweight? and you're not feeling good about yourself well summer's just around the corner and you know do you want to look good in that swimsuit so she'll highlight the problem and then she'll actually provide the solution by saying look you know get onto my weight loss program and you'll look like a supermodel within four weeks or eight weeks whatever it might be and then she'll have a call to action the headache companies are very good at that in the old days they used to tell you and me about the features they had paracetamol or they had codeine in the tablets and we don't much care about that i just want the headache gone in 15 minutes and so these days they're very much smarter they'll show the lady with the screaming kids around the kitchen and she's got a headache uh, she'll take a tablet and not only has her headache gone but she's got lipstick and blush you know within two seconds <laughs> and the kids are, the kids are well behaved <laughs> so um So it's all about problem solution. And it's very, very important that we all, no matter what business we're in, no matter what product or service we have, remember that people are always looking for a solution to their problem. And that doesn't matter whether it's a wheelbarrow from the hardware store or whether it's a headache tablet or whether it's a new car. All of those things are solutions to people's problems. And that's a very, very powerful direct response formula, problem solution marketing. And with your experience on a worldwide basis, I can imagine are there similarities or is it pretty standard around the world or are some differences um no pretty standard mate this direct response wow factor system that i preach works for any business b2b b2c it can be you know pharmaceuticals it can be manufacturing it can be industrial it doesn't matter what it is i've got sufficient case studies across scores of industries to show that if you join the dots this thing will work for any business there's a crutch to this too in the day and age that we live in and that is the number four and number five of this five-step system number four step so if i just recount the number one identify your most profitable customer and then look for more people who look like him number two create a wow factor and take their eyes off the price you don't want to be selling on price unless you're walmart number three is problem solution scenario number four is fix your website and there's so many small to medium-sized businesses and large who just have terrible websites and they don't understand that the home page is of course as important to your website as the front page is to a magazine and if i to take a stab at the moment, um, Craig and Shai, I would imagine that 90% of your audience who are listening to this have a large bounce rate on their homepage. And many of them probably don't even realise what the bounce rate is. It's the number of people coming onto their website and bouncing before they go to any other subpage. And if you've got a 60 or 70% bounce rate, it means that your website's boring. <laughs> okay. And if they haven't turned on Google Analytics, which is a free service, then do that tomorrow and find out what your bounce rate is. And then you'll probably get shocked because you'll probably find that it might be 60 or 70 or even 80%. Most of the clients who come onto my coaching program 
are absolutely blown away when we just quickly do a Google Analytics data analysis of their website and most of them are sitting on 70% plus bounce rate, which means they've got a very boring homepage, which is not compelling. It's so much like other analogies, like even gardening. You know, if you plant the seeds and then walk away, you'll never see the harvest. And the website and all of the internet marketing really requires continuous attention. So it's amazing. I remember reading one recently, same type of numbers you're talking about is in the 60%, 70% range of websites that remain stagnant for a year. Yes. Well, what is amazing, Craig, is that um, when I have a bunch of businesses come onto my coaching programs and stuff, and I put them through an interrogation process um, in the beginning because we need to know about their business, so we give them a questionnaire and they fill it in. Hardly any websites have a welcome video when, in fact, I'm sure Shy and yourself would acknowledge that in this world that we live in now, in this age, we all prefer to watch a three-minute video than to, you know, read reams and reams and reams of copy. So hardly any website has a welcome video. Hardly any website has video testimonials. So, I mean, forget just the written testimonials. Nobody reads them. Uh, We have heat mapping uh, to prove that nobody reads them because they think that you wrote them and put Betty's name at the bottom of them. But you can't fake a video testimonial, someone raving about your products or services and telling everybody who's watching the video how you've changed their life or whatever it may be. And so hardly anyone has a video testimonial. You know, Disneyland, I was in Disneyland, Shanghai last week when I was in China, okay? We went and visited the park and uh, my wife and myself. Fantastic. Typically, Disney, very, very well done, just like all their other parks. Number one, they don't collect any data, which means that they have no clue who comes to their parks. And that's the same with Anaheim or Orlando. This is probably one of the smartest marketers in the world, mind you, and yet they don't know who visits their parks. Like, madness, crazy. Number two... The fact is, is that on any of the Disney websites, you will never find any testimonial from a customer telling you how great the park is. Now, to me, Disney are probably one of the greatest marketers in the world, and yet they don't have that. And the other classic is McDonald's um, today in America will have something like around about 17 million people go through its restaurants in America today, and yet McDonald's will have no clue who any one of those people are. And it's the message that because they're just so large and have such an established brand presence that there's just no need for that anymore no i think because their marketing managers are morons <laughs> that's i'm being very frank simplified uh, but yeah yeah i'm sorry for being so frank us aussies tend to be that way but i wouldn't uh, i'd sack them in a heartbeat because the thing is is that i can forgive restaurants because you can walk into any restaurant today in america and they won't ask who you are you'll spend a hundred dollars 150 and they'll let you leave and if you were a local and you were to frequent that restaurant once a fortnight and spend a hundred hundred and fifty dollars that means that you're worth about three four thousand dollars a year to that restaurant but they don't know who you are And if you go to any business, any offline business in uh, America or Australia uh, today, they don't care who you are. We had the grand final of our football series here in Australia, and we get 82,000 people to the grand final, which is like our Super Bowl. And the Football League has no clue who came in. The ticketing agency does, but the Football League doesn't. Can you imagine how much money they're leaving on the table for selling caps and T-shirts and all sorts of other memorabilia? The marketing managers for most businesses don't deserve their job because the very first thing that they should be doing is collecting data and not one of them does it the only people that collects data are the online sort of companies like amazon if you like this book you might like that book but hardly anyone else does it and without collecting that data everything else falls apart yeah it's amazing how many companies we work with that are fearful of interfering with their client's life by asking them questions 
even if it's just yeah. one or two questions each time they visit or each time they're engagement, you know, incrementally. They're not even doing the very basics, which really just blows me away. And if one says to me, oh, well, McDonald's might have a you know, policy against even asking those questions. I mean, why they would, I don't know. I would say, OK, well, fair enough. What about the nine million other companies out there? I'll give a great pat on the back to a chain in America called Sprinkles Cupcakes. Are you guys familiar with them? Have you stumbled across them at all, Sprinkles Cupcakes? Heard of them, but I'm, haven't. I'm, Have you, Shy? No, I've, I've been trying to get off the cupcakes myself. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and, you and me both. Um, and look, it's a marvellous, marvellous story because one of my other pet hates uh, is uh, people telling you that social media isn't measurable. And maybe I'm a cranky old bugger these days, but the fact is, is that there's nothing that anyone does in our environment that's not measurable. We will be able to turn their website into a sales juggernaut pretty quickly because what we do is that we have a welcome video for them. We make sure that they have a problem solution headline. We make sure that they have video testimonials. This is all on their homepage, by the way. We then make sure that they have on their homepage the three biggest benefits that you would enjoy by dealing with our products or services. And a very important thing that we always make sure that's on their direct response homepage is what we call a data capture facility. And that's a free report or a free video or a free download of a dossier or what have you in order to obviously you know grab the data. And so if I was a kitchen renovator, I would make sure that I had a free report on the homepage where you click the button and you got a free report of the three nasty secrets that most kitchen renovators don't want you to know about. And hint, hint, that's not really a granite bench top from Italy. Now, if you were on my website, you must be interested in a kitchen renovation. If I had a, you know, sort of free report that's giving you all the secrets of all the bad stuff that other guys do, I think you're immediately going to download that. And number one, I get catapulted to being a nice guy because I've told you all the nasty secrets that happen in my industry. Number two, I become a trusted advisor because I've told you all those nasty secrets. And number three, and most importantly, I've got your details so that I can annoy you until you buy or die. And J.D., I know that you're really strong on the return on investment, and but you've really taken some bold steps from a cost standpoint from your marketing as far as client attraction. You had Jerry Seinfeld in one of your marketing events. How is the return on investment for that? <laughs> yes, he, Jerry knows how to charge. <laughs> but you know what? You know, we scored Jerry Seinfeld for, yes, a lot of money, but by the same token, quite low compared to even what people would expect. What happened is that I had a client, which was a bank in Australia called the Greater Bank, and I had been giving them consultancy for some years. They've been a client of mine for a while. We catapulted their home loan sales uh, by simply replacing a 1% honeymoon rate, which every bank did. You know, back in the day, if you were borrowing a home loan for 5%, they'd knock off 1% for the first 12 months to let you get started, and it'd go back to 4%, and then it would come back up to 5% after 12 months. So what I did is I said to the bank, look, why don't you give that 1% or the equivalent of that in money to a travel company, and the travel company will give you great vacations to give away. So in other words, instead of trying to attract business by doing what every other bank does, why don't you do what a true Challenger brand does, which is what Richard Branson's brands do all around the world, and that is be very, very different from the 40-ton gorillas, the big boys. And so they did it. And what we did is we said, get a home loan from this particular bank, swap from another bank, come across, and we'll give you a free vacation. And depending upon the size of your loan, you might have gone from Australia to Hawaii, or you may have gone to Fiji, or you may have gone to Disneyland. Uh, it just depends on the size of your loan. It tripled their home loans virtually overnight, went nuts. 
And then a few years into that campaign, we decided that we would get a champion, we'd get a spokesperson. And so therefore we were looking for someone who was a bit cheeky and a little bit irreverent because that's what the brand was. We, we had a shot at the big banks and so therefore we were a bit cheeky. And we put together a survey and that survey, just my luck, when we said pick any celebrity in the world that you think would be an ideal sort of custodian for this bank and we asked members and non-members of the bank, just my luck, you know, one of the biggest superstars in the world comes out on top, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> so I dug myself a big hole. I had to score Jerry Seinfeld. And uh, i got to tell you guys, he's hard to get to than the Pope. But I stuck with it. Persistence beats intelligence, apparently. So six months later, I got him to sign on the dotted line and he became the spokesperson for three years for this greater building society. And it took their home loans up like a gazillion percent from even what the whole of the free vacation had. Uh, he just took it to a new stratosphere. That's a great story. And so what is it about Jerry Seinfeld that you think appealed to people down there? The thing is, is that when I'm dealing with a client shy, I always say, you know, let's identify your most profitable customer and then we'll look for more people who look like him. And in this particular bank's instance, because they wanted to sell home loans, they had not ever segmented their target audience. They just said, well, anyone who gets together as a couple or they might get married in their mid-20s or anyone that's really has got a home loan with another bank and they might want to swap to us, they could be in their 40s or 50s. And I said, no, 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 you don't want to give a home loan out to a millennial. And this is tongue-in-cheek, of course, just to get the boring banker's attention. And they said, uh, why Why not? I said, because they're going to borrow $200,000 for their first three-bedroom project home. You want to get people who are over 40 who are borrowing half a million or a million dollars for their second or third home, because every one of those, you'd have to get three or four or five of the smaller ones. And they got it. And I said, so if we're going to choose a celebrity, a spokesperson, then we should look for someone who has a prime sort of appeal over 40, but also has a wide appeal to you know, attract the millenniums as well. And so that's why after the research, when it came through, it gave us the top five and Robin Williams was one of them, believe it or not. We drilled down to choose someone who actually was going to appeal mainly to over 40s, but also would have an appeal under 40. And so that's why we chose Jerry. And the results were spectacular. We got Jerry for about a million dollars a year. Now, he only had to work a couple of days a year for that. I flew over to New York and we set up the Greater Building Society branch in a little empty delicatessen in, in a New York suburb. And Jerry stood outside, you know, what was apparently the Greater Building Society in Australia because we put all the usual Australianisms in that main street. So it looked like he'd come to Australia when he hadn't. And we just shot 20 or 30 commercials each year. And the Building Society enjoyed a massive growth in its home loans. They tripled their home loan market share in the first 18 months of Jerry's involvement. It's a fantastic story. And I'm just wondering, what do I do, though? I'm a business owner. I can't afford Jerry Seinfeld. So what lessons could I take from this that I could apply to my business? Yeah, good point, Shai. And look, I get asked that a lot because obviously, well, you know, how is that relevant to my business? And I, I say to them, look, the greater bank was a $5 billion business. And so therefore, they could afford to employ Jerry Seinfeld. And I realize that most people aren't that size business. However, the takeout from that is to think outside the square, be different, make sure that you create a wow factor that's going to create attention. And, you know, Richard Branson came into Australia with his airline, Virgin, around about uh, 15 years ago. 
And I've got to tell you, he smacked Qantas's backside because Qantas in Australia felt that they had the market share and I think they became a little lazy. Richard Branson came in. Now, he didn't put Jerry Seinfeld to his ads. He didn't do anything of that nature. But what he did do was start to put in-flight bars on his aeroplane. And you guys would have seen them. That's a little bar where you sit up with a stool and, you know, if you're one of the lucky people up the front of the plane. And he started to introduce cappuccinos into his menu in the planes. And our Qantas took a long time to catch up. And he did what most challenger brands do. And I suspect that most of the people listening to this podcast would be what I would suggest are challenger brands. They're not the Coca-Cola or the Kellogg's or the Nike or the Toyota of their particular industry. They're a challenger brand, but they're invisible because guess what? They actually do the same sort of advertising as the big 40-ton gorillas. And what I advocate is that if you're a challenger brand, you've got to do exactly different from those big brands. And what is different is direct response wow factor marketing which is what i preach because if you did the same thing as them then you're going to be invisible because they've got a much bigger budget to do the same thing that's excellent john i really appreciate you joining us today is there anything else you'd like to leave with our audience look i think probably the best thing i could leave with you is an example of the wow factor stuff because whilst the greater building society one with jerry seinfeld and the free vacation um is a nice story it's with a big bank and that might not resonate with a lot of your listeners so i think a good one to leave you with would be a case study that involves a turf farm uh, not far from where i live in australia and this turf farm basically came to one of my seminars and the owner was a guy called john and because he wasn't far from where i live he said is there any chance you could visit me so i did and uh there was mountains and mountains mountains of grass in front of me and I said to him how much grass do you have he said well as far as your eye can see to the left and as far as your eye can see to the right I've got about six miles worth of turf and he said I just don't know how to get rid of it because the building boom at that time was a few years ago had gone and so therefore the builders weren't building as many homes and so there wasn't the need for as much grass as there used to be and I said to him well who's your target audience and he said well landscapers because a landscaper when they're you know looking after a brand new home will order you know two homes or three homes or four homes worth of turf and I said okay what do you think landscapers like as a bonus and he said look I've seen your ads on TV for the Jerry Seinfeld get a home and I get a free holiday I'd love to do that, but there's no way that you can give a free holiday away with, you know, my turf because we don't make enough money. I said, I bet you they like beer, and I bet you they're normally drinking just normal, regular beer, but they'd love to drink premium beer. And he said, yeah, of course they would. I said, because they're blue singlet workers, they probably don't drink premium beer a lot. And he said, well, what are you getting at? I said, well, why don't we actually send out a campaign to 500 landscapers and we'll say to them, for every home's worth of grass that you buy from us instead of another turf farm, because let's face it, grass is grass is grass wherever you get it from, but we'll make it different. We'll be a challenger brand and we'll say, for every front yard and backyard's worth of grass for a home, which is about 500 square metres, we'll actually give you a carton of premium beer, which is called Crown Lager in Australia. And they said, OK, we'll give it a shot. He only sent out 250 of these letters and brochures um, to these landscapers, promising them that for every home's worth of grass, they get a carton of beer. And he rang me up about 10 days into it. He said, uh, we've got to stop the campaign. And I said, why? He said, we have a problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, I've got no more grass. <laughs> That's a great problem. <laughs> he said all of the six miles worth of grass had gone within five days. And he said, we are now sourcing turf from other turf farms to keep up with the demand for the beer. 
Yeah, and I, look, I share that because it's a bit of a quirky one. Um, he said to me that he had one particular landscaper who was a pain in the backside up to this point. He used to come in and say, look, I can get it for $5 per square uh, metre down the road. And, and he'd go, well, I have to give it to you for $4.80. And the guy would then go and do another price check and he'd say, oh, I can get it for $4.50 per square metre. And he said, I was continuing to drop my price to get that job. But he said that same landscaper came in and ordered 18 homes worth of grass and never asked the price. He just said, look, I don't care when the grass gets here. I'm having a pump on Friday night. I need the beer by Friday. That's great, JD. Really enjoyed the time. How can they get more of some of your processes and while marketing? More of this wow stuff. I'm glad you asked, Craig. Uh, look, I, I think the best way that I can probably give value to your listeners is to invite them to watch a free webinar. And what we've done, uh, especially for you, is to set up a webinar which goes around about 50 to 60 minutes and lots and lots of those case studies similar to what I've just given you on this call. So if you don't mind, uh, could I just give you the URL that people can go to to register for the webinar? Sure, you can give them the URL and we'll definitely put it on our show notes. Oh, thank you very much. Well, it's a very simple one. Given that this is a, is a podcast, uh, we've set up a URL where you can register for this free one-hour webinar, and it's podcastwithwow.com. So it's pretty easy to remember, podcastwithwow.com. Dot com and wow being w-o-w of course um, and all that happens is that um, you go on to that and uh, we have my webinar will happen at 11 a.m and 8 p.m los angeles time for the next week and so therefore what we've done is that we've recorded a webinar and i'll make it available for any of your listeners to register and watch at 11 a.m or 8 p.m uh, los angeles time anytime throughout the next uh, week that's great jd and thanks so much for joining us today my pleasure. Thank you very much, Shai, and thank you, Craig. I uh, loved every second of it. Thank you. And we've been speaking with J.D. Dwyer, a leader in client attraction ideas and founder of the Institute of WOW. You can learn more about J.D., the Institute of WOW, along with this offer to our listeners on our show notes at businessownersradio.com. And after you listen to the latest episode and waiting for the Monday release of the next, you might consider doing what Shy and I do while driving or hitting the trails. Listen to the latest business books on Audible. It's a great way to manage your time while continually adding to your growing business knowledge. Business Owners Radio and Audible.com have teamed up to offer you a free audiobook with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. Choose from over 180,000 titles for your mobile device. Just look for the Audible 30-Day Free Trial logo in the show notes at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.